Now by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Will Kidd with the touch and the goal! It's a go-ahead goal! Minneapolis City! This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. Brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Heidi ho soccer neighbors. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City SC. I am Nate, joined as always by the Tim, the Toolman Taylor, to my <laughs> Wilson, I guess. It's John Bizworm. John, we are building a pretty solid season here, aren't we? We are. I mean, to think that if you if you split it up in game weeks, one a week, we're we're a month into our season already. <laughs> it's so crazy. I know. So we, we, we spend the you know the, the majority of the offseason just chomping at the bit to get live action. And then all of a sudden, it's like a third of the way over before, before it even starts. Right? I know. It's awful. It's sad. This, it is is why, ca- this is why amateur teams love the Open Cup, I think. I think so. But, you know, I got other things to say about it. We know better. The, yeah, the Open Cup. <laughs> Any, anyways, this week's show, folks, is awesome as usual. The Sioux Falls Thunder paid us a visit, and we analyze all 90 minutes of the city of victory. We'll do a quick run around of the rest of the MPSL North, and we'll review the first U23 game of the season as they played against the Union Dubuque of the UPSL. Mm-hmm. And we'll get you ready for a huge, 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 double, huge double game week. With previews of the Twin Stars versus, uh, <laughs> sorry, the Twin Stars and Duluth FC, Maple Fury Twinbrook, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. I'm just gonna. They're the twins. They're <laughs> they the, twin, the twin stars. Yeah, a lot of soccer to talk about today. So let's uh, let's get straight to the winning. Yes, let's do so. So Minneapolis City had another opportunity to tune up for what is looking to be a serious stretch of games against the conference's top opponents. There Mm -hmm. were a a number of reasons to prioritize maximum effort in this game. So let's see who the coaches decided to run out there for the starting 11. So we had in goal, Matt Elder, uh, another great performance by Matt. Uh, You had Captain Aaron Olsen on the right wing. Um, In the middle, you had uh, Jonah Garcia making his third consecutive start for, for City. You had Kevin Hoof making his first start in over two years. So it was good to see awesome. Hoof, out, Hoof out there. And then you had, uh, finishing out the back line, you had Mark Haid on the left back. Uh, then centrally, you had Chuck Samuel and Martin Brown Jr. And then the the front three of Abdallah Ba, Tim Wills, and Nick Hutton. And then rounding out the city bench was Troy Luwegi, uh, Zuhir Alabasi, Will Kidd got a, got a little physical health day, got 45 minutes off. Um, as did Justin Oliver. And then you had Matt Mirakami and Ben Wexler. Yeah. I think it's important to point out, um, you know, you brought up the the back line or who featured back there that um, Jonah has started, like you said, th- all three games. Um, and I think he's been impressive in all three. So that's great. Yeah, he's and played Hoof, great. And Hoof at center back does allow us that flexibility to do what we did late, which was when, when we need Max Kent to come in, you know, if he's been resting a little bit, and we want him to come in and clo- help close the game out. Oh yeah, I forgot about Max Kent. Max yeah. Kent was on the bench too. He was on the bench. Kevin can just move over, 
and he's still a solid defender at right back. He doesn't, it's not like we need to totally take off um, someone who's been doing great for the whole game. We can add to our defense rather than just replace, which I like. And to top it off, Kevin. Wait, there's more. Kevin hoofed a ball over over a building. Roof ball. Roof ball. Um, <laughs> and afterwards, uh, Dan and I are like, who's going to go get that? So uh, on Saturday, I'm going to maybe mosey my way over on the roof there and Who see if I can't, that? I can't find the ball up there. Um, yeah. Anyway. We got, we got hoofed. We got hoofed. So Sioux Falls came to town, John, um, without one or two of their big names – and, uh, and and by big names, I'm talking about guys like Bryce Holiday or Brennan Haggerty. Um, mm-hmm. I think Holiday is consistently the best player on their team. So Sioux Falls definitely missed him. Um, but we immediately pounced on Sioux Falls as AO crossed to Hutton for a chance at the uh, at the far post that he, he couldn't really get ahead on. Nick was clearly hungry right out of the gates. I think he was fighting for balls in the air. He was getting good positioning. He was taking guys on one-on-one. In general, I think City was good on these quick attacks to start, um, mostly because of Nick. I would say less good in possession to start the game, but still not a lot of negatives there. Nay, it was clear early on that City was going to cause fits down the right flank as yeah. Hutton was just like a man on a mission from the whistle. And his involvement was key all night long, and we'll get into that. But uh, I, I kind of alluded to it on the on the call of the game that the uh, the defender on that side was, uh, you better get ready for a shift oh. because <laughs> Nick, Nick Hutton was, I mean, within the first – three, four touches he had was running by that guy like a turnstile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The first goal comes from Tim Wills. It's a chip from deep. And you know, I love those deep chips, John. (laughs) This is, this was something, what, 30 yards out. Yeah, it was 35. And I mean, I've, I've never, I've never known you to, to pass up chips. So, uh, (laughs) so, so well, well put. Uh, Excellent. this was really just Timmy doing Timmy things. Um, I mean, he's an underrated defender as a target man. Um, and and it, it shows that uh, that he puts in good work on the other end of the ball. Uh, he can score goals too. You know, people make make jokes about his uh, <laughs> about his uh, lack of athleticism, but he does have it. Um, and he, you know, sometimes he's put a, a couple balls through the uprights when he's had clear goal scoring chances, but let's not forget that he scored 35 goals in his college career and, and, and buckets of them for segments on a weekly basis, uh, yeah. since then. So when he's dialed in, his goals can come from all over the field. And in this case, uh, just the wherewithal to take a ball out of the air for 35 yards and, uh, and slot one over the keeper. But Nate, my, my question to you is. You know, I, I know you watched uh, the the highlight. How was my how was my goal call? It's you always sound surprised. <laughs> Tim Wells with the chip. <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, I've been working on that. Because, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, before they were my you know last year when I did two games with with Nordo, my goal calls were very orgasmic, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I I tried to be a little bit more subdued this year, yep. and uh, and really just say what i see and yep. not necessarily get all get all excited but. i think the the ultimate uh play-by-play guys that would say what they saw were when uh warner and um and what's his face the other Andy, just, Andy delane yep and did, did the play-by-play of the Ares game from from hopkins mm-hmm. or it might have been warner and cole but either way it was just like city possesses 
<laughs> pass to Wexler. The the one game that Andy did with with Warner was when there was a lot of Tinder references. That's and, a, a lot of uh, gem. Yeah, yeah, it is. That one's definitely in the archives. So our second goal, John, came uh, right at the end of the first half as Hutton plays an overlapping AO over the top, down the right. AO cuts in, beats his man, and he goes upper left with just a butte. It's a real captain's contribution, as they say on FIFA 19. <laughs> the one thing that AO will do from his, his defensive position is bomb forward. Like he gets his head down and it's just like a battering ram. Uh, and and he, he does try to get involved in our attack. And he had tried the same run a few times previously, but to, you know, to no avail. But this time he was on the side uh, – and, and he was kind of forced into having to do it all by himself because um, there was a consistent theme of the night that our front three were not immediately making runs when we would, we would transition into attacks. There's a lot of stagnant guys just kind of standing in spaces. And in this instance, all that AO really had to try to play across into was a, a late trailing Ba that was covered in the box. So he yeah. had to, he had to cut the ball back. And then, like you said, slotted it top bend to go two zero to the good. And Nate, that now makes three out of our, our nine goals on the year. I know that, are, that were scored by defenders. Yeah. I mean, that's something we talk about later when I talk to AO, but that's uh, the goals are coming from everywhere, John. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that with the first half over. You and I in the booth both thought that our speed had Sioux Falls in fits, right? And uh, we just could not wait for what would happen as legs got tired and guys like Will and Oliver came on. But that was not to be. Um, Just like how they did against Duluth and Med City, the Thunder were able to muster uh, their defense and contain a really strong opponent to only two goals, despite Mm – Good efforts from Nick Hutt and Ben Wexler, uh, Justin Oliver, and Tim Wills. Uh, Wexler almost a great bout of individual skill to to kind of throw the deke in there, and uh, and I mean there were just bodies flying everywhere as the goalie went to ground to cover that. And I I think that if he if he could have hit it first time, he might have had a better chance at at, a, at an open goal. But that that slight cutback that he had actually took took his window and closed it as, as the, the trailing defenders kind of ran to the goal line. So I, I there was just nowhere for me to put it. Yeah. Um, but, but on the day the the Sioux Falls goalkeeper stood up really big, he was able to get whatever he could on the end of shots. And so hats off to him, but his friends were, were mounting bits of half dangerous um, uh, attacking attempts until the wind kind of finally came out of the sails for them. And I, I would say that um, I was a bit disappointed in our guys for the, the consistent kind of silly fouls, that were in deep, dangerous positions in the second half. Uh, there was a point in time where we, we just needed to be okay with letting a guy have a, have the ball out on the wing in a position that was not going to cause us any issues and, and then rather just tuck back into our shape and make the crosses difficult to get on the end of. But it was like we almost were at a point where we are getting bored and we were like inviting scoring chances to have something to do. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it just was like, why, why do we keep doing this? <laughs> yeah, so some final thoughts on the game from me, and then we can get into uh, uh, how we matched up against your keys to victory. But I think uh, it's important to note, if you if you watch the film, if you guys want to go back and watch the stream at all, the fun thing to do is watch Nick Hutton just massacre his defender all day. <laughs> Number four, Pedro Radizewski. Sorry, buddy. Um, he ended up with, I think, a yellow card on the day for his efforts. He was uh, He was getting scorched. <laughs> yeah. Um I think you're you know you you had a good point about Ben Wexler is 
too bad that he didn't get that goal. I think he's chronically underused. I think he always adds a, a shot of adrenaline to the game mm-hmm. when he's inserted in, into midfield. And, uh, and he's, he moves forward, right? He's great on attack. He is, he's just as possessive as some of our other guys. He's not the kind of guy to, to make, uh, to make bad decisions. And he keeps the ball real close to his feet, which I like, uh, for our midfield, especially. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of the lap of luxury, Nate. We have, we have yeah. so many, so we... many ta- talented players that that can do so many different things for us. You know, you you bring on a guy like Zuhir, who is is great at getting forward and, and adds that that spark from the outside perspective. And then you have you know the Sam Wells and the and the the Stegarts of the world and 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 Chuck in the middle and Martin and you, you kind of have a lot of different things you can you can throw at teams. So I don't necessarily think that he's totally underused, but I, I would maybe put it as his time hasn't come yet. True. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I want to also say, and you kind of started there, it, the game was not all negative for Sioux Falls. No, um, not I at all. I think they had some decent forward play. They did put two city defenders on their butts <laughs> throughout the course of the game. Which, yes, they did. <laughs> um, and they forced Matt Elder into a number of really, really good saves. And they also started the second half with a shot that beat Elder, but it just went off the crossbar uh, by number 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 seventeen, uh, Martinez Kazoon. So I think they should be proud of their night. They drove a long way and they put in a good performance in a, in a f- completely full stadium with yeah. a really tough crowd. So hats off to Sioux Falls. I think uh, the for the their, one for their game. The one thing to to note about their attack is that I also give them credit for they clearly had a game plan with what works for them, and that was long diagonal balls to the right winger. And yeah, like you said, he, he put whether it was uh, Kuzan was out there, and I you know I forget the other name of the guy. I'm bad with names, um, <laughs> but they I think it was Castro maybe. Um, anyways, whatever his name is, sorry. <laughs> um, they, they just kept going over the top and that was their attack. And I think mm-hmm. that they, I, the credit to them, because they, they finally figured it out where we were playing against um, lacrosse heiress there, they were continuing to play a long ball after long ball and it wasn't working and they weren't trying to change it up. So they were, like you said, they were trying to do some good things there. And I think that yeah, this guy, Olivera, is that who you're talking about? Oh, oh yeah. Olivera. That, yeah. That, that's, that's who it was. So I, they they recognized what wasn't working and they tried to work out of it, but that's when our organized defense and our organized midfield just kind of squashed that. And and that's when we started seeing the turnovers rack up in our favor and then our, our attacking chances build up as well. Nice. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think, you know, hopefully Sioux Falls continues to uh, to develop over the course of the year. I think they could play spoiler as they um, – you know, as I hope, hopefully they can play spoiler against some of these teams that are like middle of the table trying to creep up on us. Uh, like a twin star. Like a twin stars. Exactly. Yep. Uh, oh. So, John, you said your keys to victory in this game were. Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it. You feel like you nailed it. So you said, don't fall into the trap. How did we do? We did not. I thought we got off on a very good front foot right away, but we did regress into the trap at some point um Sioux Falls kind of dangling it out there for us yeah. um even though we scored our goal we were just like I was saying we it was almost like we were just inviting a task because we were bored um and, and we we weren't we didn't have a whole lot of movement from our front three at times like I mentioned and that was just causing a lot of our central midfielders to go backwards and side to side and and then that caused them to be able to pressure our back line and a, a few errant passes resulted in some some 
good saves by Elder. So I think that uh, I nailed it in that we started off strong and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we completely bossed the first 15 minutes of the game. You also said, keep the shape. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the shape and, and the pressure from the shape is, is directly related to our first goal. The, the ability for us to have um, everyone pushed up from a defensive standpoint and everyone going to press at the same time gave the ability for Tim Wills to be able to hunt down that, that defender and, and make a great tackle. And then obviously uh, go into his bag of chips. Uh, But it it was because of the fact that we, we weren't disjointed as a unit. We, we, we all moved up and Tim could take that risk knowing that he had people behind him to, to cut off a pass if he didn't get there. And finally, you said, Max out on points. All I have to say to that is max out. We did three so, points, baby. Yeah. Three points. So it, it moved us up into the, the top, the top half of the power rankings of, of the MPSL yeah. with, uh, you, you wouldn't think an unconvincing two, nothing win top against five, a, a, right? Yeah. I believe a top five, but you, you wouldn't think that an unconvincing win against a team that we really should probably have scored five, six goals against would, <laughs> at two, nothing would have moved us into the top five in the, uh, in the power rankings, but it did. It did. And it also, there's another like, uh, us amateur, um, power rankings that kind of encompasses UPSL, the, uh, the NPSL and, uh, the USL two. And that moved us, uh, from the top 25 up nine spots from 25. So that, uh, that was the biggest move of, of any of the teams, either positively or negatively nice. this week. So, so good on us. Max Hooray. out on those points, boys. Uh, that said, John, it sounds like we were super successful. I feel like we were successful. Uh, so what are your main takeaways from this game? I think there's just really one in the past. I would have wanted to like smash a team like that. Just like go right at the throat and just rack up a hundred. You wouldn't goals. have been happy with, with, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been happy with two goals, but that was old John. New John um, <laughs> is I know that goal diff is a thing, but a two nothing easy win. Uh, th- those are fine to me now. And maybe I'm getting older <laughs> or uh, I'm just getting more relaxed, but it, th- those are fine. And you know, we, we picked up three valuable points and we got a clean sheet. I think that's, 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 that's a okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, in the past, it would have been like, you know, a big what the fuck moment. Why didn't we, we, we cruise on this team when we could have, but you know, I'm okay with that. And, and I might, might be kicking myself in the future because we, we may need that goal differential, but as long as we can keep those clean sheets and, and we pick up three points, I think it's the most important thing. So let's talk player of the game. Who is your player of the game, John? For me, it's, it's Samuel Ruiz Plot. Again, what he brings to this team is, is really invaluable. He, he puts in the work on both ends and what he can do is he, he picks out, you know, the difficult pass and executes it with ease. He doesn't make the game about him, but he gets a lot of the ball and he gets a lot of people involved. He, he doesn't hold on to it too long is basically what I'm saying. He, he creates a good flow in the midfield because he's kind of ever moving and trying to find pockets and he is, his awareness of his space is really good. And, and I think that he's, even though I've given it to him two weeks in a row now, I I think that he's still ripe for that one game where he takes it over very soon, mm. and and maybe gets on the score sheet and and is kind of the Zidane like unstoppable where he can take a game over from the midfield. 
Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. That's uh, that's high praise, man. I, I, I agree. I think on a lot of levels, Samo... I mean, Samo controls the game from where he's at, like you said. I think even late into the game, this is something I was noticing uh, as we're pushing into the 80th minute, 90th minute, Samwell's engine does not stop. No, it and, doesn't. And he is... He's still tracking back he's still chasing chasing balls down he's still making sure that that they're controlled and adds a level of calm to a late mm-hmm. game that i think it, we have been missing last year so that'll be good in the stretch uh, right. but my player of the game is aaron olsen uh the captain and goal scorer i think from the beginning ao was looking dangerous helping out with the attack uh, right away he had that cross in the first minute um and and he really did put in work getting back and defending time after time after time to snuff out any of the counters that Sioux Falls was trying to put together. If I remember mm-hmm. right, I don't think anything really developed on his side of the field. Um, I think the other side of the field is where the, the falling on their asses was happening. It's a, it's a common theme with, with him for yeah. the last four years. I, I mean, think if, if Aaron can continue to contribute on both sides of the ball, as he did this week, uh, we will add yet another problem for opposing teams to start to watch out for, for them to mm-hmm. worry about juggling. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's that that to me is why Aaron Olsen is, is player of the game. I got a chance to catch up with him after afterwards. Let's hear what he had to say about the game. All right, I'm here with Aaron Olsen, Minneapolis City captain and defender and goal scorer tonight. AO, uh, huge goal. Uh, you pretty much ran all the way from downtown uh, and made it, uh, you know, beat, beat your man as everyone was shredding that guy on the side. Uh, talk a little bit about the buildups of that and. Uh, and how you turn that into uh, into our second goal? Yeah, it was definitely a little bit of an unusual result, right? Me getting into the <laughs> box and then firing one past the goalkeeper. But uh, it was it was a very very uh, usual sort of build up from our squad. That's what we've been working on is drawing in the defense, the opposing team with a little short play and possession through the back, and then we want to just break that defensive line by playing the ball through. And uh, Hutton and I have been working together for a long time now, so we have that chemistry. And he played me just a dime piece of a ball. And actually, there was a play before it that was almost identical. And I tried to cross it, and it got blocked. So I told myself, if I get that play again, I'm going to cut the guy and just see what it gives me. And it opened up, left foot. You know, sometimes you just got to put your head down and strike through. Hell yeah, man. It all worked out. So you mentioned it, the interplay on the wings. Uh, it's something you guys have been working on, especially you and you and Hutton have that have that relationship going from back in the Stegman's days. Um, but it's been sweet all year, no matter who's no matter who's on the wings on the team. Uh, no one really feels like they're afraid to go forward. Talk a little bit about why. Yeah, no one feels like they're afraid to go forward because that's that's something we work on in practice, right? Is that kind of ruthlessness in the attack? The uh, the technical ability is there already. And so what we just need to put together now is the combination play to break through that back line. Now, I think we saw it work a little bit better tonight than it has in the first couple games, but we definitely still need to work on it because that's also one of our weaknesses is if we can, if we get stopped trying to play through, then all of our offensive momentum is carried forward and it's very easy to attack against us. Undefeated. (laughs) Every time. Off of that. off of those turnovers so um in terms of everyone wanting to go forward i think it's because everyone recognizes we have the talent and we have the skills 
to actually put the ball in the, the back bills. of the net. <laughs> but thanks for getting the stat sheet, Ao. You're welcome. There you go. Hey, thanks, yards, thanks for getting thanks for getting me on the stat sheet. <laughs> Ao, this team so far has shown that anyone can can contribute. Um, goals from the back line, goals from up top, uh, even when you know your traditional threats are quieted for the night, or maybe you have the night off. What do you attribute that to? We need a question again. There's too much going on. Yeah, here. A, lot, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people fucking with you. Man of the hour, you know. Goals on this team can come from everywhere. Yes. Uh, Backline, uh, midfield. Turns out, even when the even when the forwards are quieted, or when a couple of the threats have the night off, mm-hmm. why do you think that is? Well, I think again, you know, we as a team recognize that everybody has the talent level to score, and in practice, we all work on shooting. It's not just the attack goes and shoots, and the defenders go and defend. Right, so everyone's getting those reps. And when we all get those reps, then we all have this comfort level when it comes to game time. And so, you know, whether it's off a corner kick, a set piece that kind of our bigger defending players get in and are able to get a head on or stick a toe on, or whether it's through free play when we can release our speedy attackers, it just, it doesn't matter. We have confidence in every single player on the field. And that's why I think you're seeing, I think you're seeing a little bit of an unusual spread of the points yeah. so far through the season. That's awesome. Uh, big week coming up. Last question here. Big week. Two games, one on Wednesday basically at home back at Osseo, yep. Yep. Uh, one Saturday back here. What is going to be key as we move into this stretch of um, game, uh, kind of a crunch schedule? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is that we need to use our depth. We have a really deep roster this year. I mean, I think we have more t- more players rostered this year than we ever have rostered before, and that is purposeful, right? That The intent of that is so that we can have these tough weeks, these weeks where we have two, three games, um, you know, back-to-back, and even, even though we're not traveling too far, it's going to take effort from everybody. It's going to take mm-hmm. – teamwork from everybody and when your number's called next man up and that's the mentality that we have right now and even though we still have yet to play our best soccer I think everybody's encouraged and everybody's staying positive and that's the most important part all right city captain Aaron Olson saying the best is yet to come thanks a lot man yep good game thank you the chemistry thing that he talked about is something that I'll touch on a little bit later but it's great to see but him stressing the importance of us being ruthless in attack and, and putting together the combo play to break lines down, I think is the important thing. Um, and, and that is what I think, Nate, makes the Crows go from a good team that, that should be on the top half of the table to really an unstoppable team that can contend for a title. Yeah, you know, Everyone is leveling up across the league, and we've seen it. Even the bottom three teams that we've played against, they're, they're better than they were last year. But when City is on and they're keeping the ball and they're attacking from different angles on the field, this team is one of the best I've ever seen in existence with the club. So the, the other side of that coin, after I praise, always got to do a little bit of a teardown. Right. Um, putting it all together is the hard part and the hard thing for us to do. So let's hope that continues into this next tough stretch that we have coming up. But I'm glad he mentioned it because it's been something we've been working on since December. Yeah. I think the other important thing that he mentioned uh, was this idea of depth. You know, I brought it I asked him, like, where these goals are coming from everywhere. Like you said, three of the nine goals we've scored have come from defense. Um, everybody can contribute. And that's going to be something that's really, really important, especially as we go into this weird stretch in June where we're playing something like, you know, there are multiple weeks where we're playing two games a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, three games in seven days, three games in eight days. Looking... You know, you look you look to guys to get tired, 
and you want the next guy to be able to step up. You want to be able to rest people like we did against Sioux Falls, and the team can still the team can still uh, produce. You know what's crazy to think is that one errant five yard pass is the difference between us not giving up any goals after three games. <laughs> like, yeah, that is weird. That's holy shit. That's wild. And like that that goal should have never happened. No, that was an awful goal. And I mean, not to not to put anything against Matt or Troy, who who've made some some good saves in there, but still, like we we haven't we haven't really gotten into a position, and we may see that this week where there's more goals happen against us. But oh, I'm sure we'll see it this week. But an errant five yard pass is the difference between us being the only team in the country who's never who hasn't been scored on in the first three games of the season. Weird. Weird how that happens, right? Yeah, strange. John, Memorial Day weekend uh, was a busy one uh, in the NPSL North with five games played across the region over four days. Pretty cool. Uh, The action started on Wednesday as Dakota Fusion beat the Twin Stars at Jim Goda Stadium up there. eh? 3-0 thanks to that hat trick from Nukele Gabo. That was my best Fargo. That was bad. But uh, Nikele Gabo gets the first hat trick of the season. Be, in the the G might be silent. It might just be. It might just Bo. be Bo. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Did Who you, knows? It's a silent G. Yeah. Either way, uh, hats off to, to him for the first hat trick in the NPSL North. Uh, of course, there will be another hat trick later on the week from uh, the team that plays Eris, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Med City. Welcomed Eris to town on Thursday. Two goals in the first three minutes from uh, Neto and someone named Wismeyer sealed the deal. Uh, and Duvan Garcia added a third. Eris's Christian Milner was able to sa- salvage something at the death, however, to score Eris's first goal in the year to make it 3-1. to one. Dakota did not fare as well in their second game of the weekend. Um, on the weekend homestand, they didn't have to leave town. They won one, they lost one. Uh, Med City visited with a vengeance. So Neto, Med City turns around and plays another game within two days, by the way, which is nuts. And Aris does, has to do the same thing. But anyway, wait, wait, Sioux Falls played the Bug Eaters the next day after playing us in Nebraska. What? Yeah. <laughs> this schedule is crazy. Right. <laughs> like, you. Dr- I don't even, I think they went home too. So they went from... From home to here, and from here to home, and then from home to, to, to Nebraska. Holy crap. And then, like, then likely home home right away because, I mean, unless those guys are taking days off of work, you'd have to think they wouldn't be for a friendly against the bug eaters. So, like, <laughs> logistically speaking, someone was out taking a piss and they were figuring that out. Yeah. Something crazy. So, Med City plays Thursday against Aris, and both of those teams have to turn around and play Saturday. Um which is which worked out pretty well for Med City did not work out very well against uh, for Eris. Med City ends up um, going to, having to go all the way up to North Dakota and to visit uh, to visit the Fusion and their guy Neto again answers an early Isaac Kisun goal for Dakota, um, but uh, good old Dakota was punished again for losing their form, losing their mental toughness with two quick goals from Ignacio Mia in the 61st and 65th minute. And He's good. that was the difference, right? That was three, one fusion go down and med city remain undefeated on the season. Twin stars found three points against that tired heiress 
who is off of that one-day arrest on Saturday, when they beat them 7-0, a hat trick from one of the uh, Hatu brothers, Kapow Hatu, was the only thing of note in that one. So second hat trick for the NPSL North on the season, both happening in one weekend. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Lots of goals. A lot of goals. So as it stands, John, we sit at the top of the table with a full nine points and a plus eight goal differential. Med City is right behind us with nine as well, but a plus six goal differential being the difference there. Duluth, they round out the top three with seven points thanks to their opening draw against Twin Stars. Which was an own goal away from being a loss. Which An own goal in the 90th away from being a loss. That's the thing. Which, God damn it, Twin Stars, can't mm-hmm. you do anything for us? Mm-hmm including making sure that we have the right field to play at. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was the only soccer this weekend, Nate. No. Our U23s, the, the 2019 Rookery, made their way to UPS UPS Hillside Union Debut in Iowa on Saturday night for their first game of the year. And like most away trips, there were just things that happened, like guys dropping out last minute, tired legs after a long drive. And to add to the top of it, they have to play their first game with only four training sessions into this young season. Oh, sounds like you're making excuses already. I'm not. (laughs) Those are just things that happen, you know, like you just deal with it. Uh, But overall, I thought the team started off well. Um, The central midfield pairing of Noah Sen uh, from Liberty University and Rory O'Driscoll, the younger brother of NPSL stud, (laughs) Aiden O'Driscoll out of New Hampshire, um, were were in early control as well as striker Niels Gilbronson and winger Jake Makala causing union fits on the wings. And fits they caused, Nate, when they connected on the first goal of the season, 15 minutes into play, where uh, a pinpoint cross was struck in behind the back line, one of those dangerous ones that's kind of curling around the back line, and uh, Nils kind of was a late runner to the back post, banged in the game's first goal, and uh, there we go, up one nothing. Sweet. Um, but <laughs> it was after that where the infamiliarity of teammates, tired legs, and well-organized and experienced opponent took over, slotting in two goals against young goalkeeper, just 16 years of age, uh, Ben Schleelman. Um, He stood tall, and, I mean, he did so well, um, but it, it was just a, an onslaught of chances that they were just too much for the high schooler, and I felt so bad for him watching the game because I was like, one again, he's 16 years old, right? So, yeah. what are what are other 16 year olds in the United States doing there at, at that point? They're probably playing their state league, maybe the DA. He's traveling to Iowa with uh, with our our U23 squad. So, hats off to him for for you know contributing, but he just kind of fell apart a little bit. But whatever, uh, he's in high school. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, John. One thing I wanted to point out is. You mentioned Rory O'Driscoll. When I was when we were fil- uh, filming, when we were recording last week at training, we were watching Rory play five v five. That kid is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. Um, I would say he he would have if he would be the guy that I would have been looking for in this game. Were there any other players that stood out to you? Oh, for sure, man. There were there were quite a few that stood out. I thought, you know, the, the previously mentioned Noah said and O'Driscoll pairing showed some fantastic early signs, um, as well as um sophomore center back from St. Thomas, Ethan Anderson. Um Ethan had had a real tough job of dealing with their best player, which is uh their number nine, their striker um for Union Dubuque. Um, but by and large, I thought he handled himself very well, picked up a, a clear 
<laughs> fuck you yellow card by smashing a guy after he went around him <laughs> so something i can i can tip my hat to because he stopped a counter attack and, and that guy ended up you know he ended up actually being hurt so hope the guy's okay but um he did everything he could to stop that guy um but overall thoughts were i think the boys did really well despite losing the match i think they have a good leg to stand on uh, and they're they're going to start a very difficult summer here. Uh, they they have some really tough games coming up, including their first home game of the year that is this Sunday afternoon, Nate. Uh, against yeah, this Sunday after a very tough uh, they, they they bring in a very tough side to to face the the rookery in the newly formed USL two team, the Green Bay Voyagers. And yes, that is the same team that former fan favorite Steve Ian Smith turns out for. Oh, that's so, exciting. Um, so Steve will be in town. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if he makes the 18. I haven't texted him in a while, but I'll, maybe I'll ask him. Yeah. But uh, hopefully uh, Steve makes the trip and gets to, gets to play against his old club. We can bring all the signs and songs out for him. But kickoff is at 1 p.m. at the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. And this is very important, folks. Admission is free. Free so, 99? Yeah, free 99. So... Why not turn out and see the future of the club and see them do their thing? And, yeah, I mean, uh, one way or the other, at least you can make the first half and then and check check out some some news. Check it out in case uh, in case you're going to the United game or something, right? Yeah, exactly. So unless you're going to the United game, you know, come on out and watch the U23s play. I, I'll be there. I'm going to bring the family out, and it'll be a it's a family friendly time slot for me. So. True. Uh, I can I can bring the boys out, and my me my wife will come out, and we'll hang out with all the parents. And uh, mom jeans, they'll be everywhere. Both teams are quality, I'll tell you what. Yeah, both teams are good. So, some good soccer. So, you got Wednesday, you got Saturday, and you got Sunday. I'll see you on all of them. So much crow. John, irony is alive and well in soccer. (laughs) As we play our first away match this week against the Twin Stars at Osseo High School, which... If you're new to the team this year, that was our home field last year while Edor Nelson was under construction. And, oh, I'm sorry, John, this just in. The game has moved to Maple Grove High School. A this short drive a up from 610. <laughs> a short drive up 610 from Osseo. This just happened within the last hour or so. <laughs> I'm being not, told. Not uh, a drill, The folks. game is no longer this at Osseo High School. The game to, on Wednesday night will be at Maple Grove High School. What next, dude? Yeah. That's, all uh, that's classic Twin Stars, I'll tell you what. Yeah. So Twin Stars results so far this on the year, John. They drew Duluth 2-2 two to two in the season opener, which was a surprising and happy result for us. It should have been 2-1, to one, but yep. anyways. They lost to Dakota Fusion 0-3, to three, and they beat Aris just this last week uh, 7-0. So it's hard to really glean anything from these results except to say classic that, Twin Stars <laughs> that absent from their stat sheet, is one Kareem Darbaki. Even in that Eris game, no goal scored. Very surprising. But Other he played. N- he played though. Oh, he played. Other names of note that we might see uh, when they when they come visit or when we go visit them, I should say, are Emmanuel Brown, former Crow. E-Man. <laughs> yep, E-Man. Uh, Garga, former Duluth Donkey. And those Hitu brothers. And of course... Hakeem Sine, the famous dick stomper. <laughs> uh, how, how am I supposed to to go to my part when it, on the stat on the notes for our show 
it ends with Dick Stomper. Right Look, man, when there's the a time. Dick Stomper in the lineup, I got to call it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few other names that might ring a bell is former Duluth FC striker and likely cast off with uh, the mercenary movement up there this year. Uh, Ivan Adika or Ivan Adika. Um, he scored some big goals versus the Crows in the past and kind of has that experience in this league to, to draw from. Mm-hmm. And also Luke Anderson might also ring a bell because he was on our U23 squad last year, Nate. Um, he split time in net with uh, newly promoted yeah. Troy Luegi, uh to the MPSL team. But the former MTA standout and current Drake University shot stopper, is, he's, a, he's a good net minder, man. He's good in goal. And he could feature versus old club with maybe a point to prove, seeing that, you know, Troy got the promotion that maybe he wanted. Uh, who knows? Who, <laughs> if there's any indicator of this freaking organization – we never know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so despite, uh, <laughs> I don't know, despite their inconsistency so far. It's, so uh, hold on. It's just so laughable. Like, it, like we both chuckle because in my mind, I know you're thinking the same thing. Like you're thinking of all the other ways this could just go fucking haywire <laughs> before tomorrow. Right. And I'm thinking like, oh God. And the, well, the other thing is, is like in my head, I'm thinking if they do start this guy, who didn't didn't quite make our NPSL team. Not nothing against him. We have quality out, right? Um, but who was, you know, our U23 squad last year? It's just like if they start him, there's so many things that could happen. Like, what if what if he's actually good? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That would suck so bad. This there's so many plot lines in this game. Um, beyond the dick stomping. Right. <laughs> So despite Twin Stars' inconsistency so far, John, I expect this to be really a hard-fought physical game. Um, and I think it's going to test our back line and the ability of our midfield to possess and build the play. Because if if they can disrupt Marty and Samo or whoever and Samo or whoever that starts in the middle with, with that physicality or by swarming on the ball, we're going to be in for an uphill battle because, you know, if then we, we become that one-dimensional team that has to go over the top, over the top, long balls to the forwards. Mm-hmm. And that's not and, what we want. Oh, and they deploy typically a 3-5-2. So it, that 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 somewhat equalizes our wing play. Mm-hmm. Unless you have guys like Will Kidd and Nick Hutton who are just Labrador retrievers chasing a tennis ball, and they can go on either. They just have that motor that is, is ever going. So, uh, yeah, it could be an uphill battle, Nate. Yeah. So – Keys to victory. Yeah, what are my, your keys to victory for this one? My patented John Bisworm key to victory. It sounds like a broken record, but we have to keep our heads. <laughs> it's it's very easy for us to fall into the mind games and all the BS off the field and that, have that carry over onto it. Um, but we have to be locked in because they have players that can punish us. Um, if I go back to the archives, Nate, I believe that they lead our 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 series versus them two wins, one draw, and one loss. Probably. So, so since we started, so to yeah. tangle with them, um, you know, it, it can't be taken lightly ever. So keep your heads. Number two, can we stand the test? This is the, our first chance for us to face a team that did not finish in the bottom half of the table last year, and they will bring their best like everyone does um, as always. So we have to be able to level up and show that we can not only handle the sure things, the sure victories, um, on paper, but also level up against the top half as we start this stretch of of quality that we're going to be facing. Right. 
And finally, start fast. Another broken record. Um, in the games versus Twin Stars, historically, they've been decided by an early goal. And and we've not had real good luck with getting out early um, when the chances have been there. Um, but we're now at that point four games into the season now. Um, the leniency from, from me of it will come if we keep creating chances is completely over. It is now time to get ruthless and and put and bury teams early and then allow us to, to throttle down a, a gear and, and control a game. Mm-hmm. So th- there they are, Nate. Those are the, oh, I like them. So again, the game is Wednesday night, the 29th, 7 p.m. at Maple Grove High School, not Osseo. Do for not some go reason, to Osseo. For some reason that probably has nothing to do with the fact that we're undefeated at Osseo. <laughs> probably not. I don't know. <laughs> And hot on the heels of what is sure to be that trying contest is the game we've all anticipated. What most would say is the biggest rivalry in the conference. The new look Duluth comes down 35 to say hi on Saturday. And this is really when the rubber is going to meet the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the season, Duluth uh, opened the season winning versus Sioux Falls Thunder 2-0. They drew against Twin Stars, should have lost. And they won versus Dakota just last week, three to nothing. So although I'm sure they could say the same thing about us, it is really hard to gauge the true talent level of Duluth from these early results, uh, considering the teams they played, considering their fluke performance against Twin Stars, potentially the new players they've added in Carlisle Jr., uh, Ronaldo Fortune, they seem to be working out for them, I guess. And if Joe Watt and some of their other old attackers can figure out uh, their place in the system, they will be dangerous. I think that there are three other players that we need to account for in this battle as well, Nate. And all all three, uh, sorry, two of the three are new this year, mm-hmm. and we're, we're kind of brought in as that transplant movement that w- they're doing up up thirty five, which was clearly done to respond to our undefeated campaign. Uh, like <laughs> you're joking yourself if you live up there and you don't think that they built a team to to count to counteract where our strengths are. Well, it, it is. It, it is about as black and white as it gets. Yep. So, um, but hey, that's what you have to do, right? Um, so all three of these guys can play. James Westfield is uh, another in the line of British attackers that Deleuze has deployed over the years. Uh, he's a striker by way of Wayland Baptist College, and they won the uh, 2017 NAIA National Championship, uh, taking it away from uh, former Crow Nick Hines and uh, his Hastings group. Wow. Um He's starting to kind of hit his form. He he had a brace in their last match, and yeah. uh, he's one of those those forwards that against can find Dakota. against Dakota. He he can find himself in pockets of space between defenders, which is is kind of that dangerous area to to operate from. Um, and he only really needs that sliver of daylight to to slot home a, a goal. So um, he's he's new to the squad. Um, as is Alberto Diaz, uh, who is just a mountain of a man. I think this guy is probably like six foot five. He's he's fucking huge. Um, he's, he plays a, <laughs> a he, he he plays at the six for them, um, and he's the type of player who not only takes up a ton of space, um, but uh, when given time, he can pick out a pass um, with just about any type of pass that's out there. Yeah. So, so he's quality. Um, and he, he comes by way of, uh, Iowa Western community college. No idea what that is. Um, but he'll be difficult to deal with. Not I only I can figure out where it is. I mean, it's probably in Western Iowa. <laughs> if I, if I was a betting man, um, <laughs> uh, but he can be difficult to deal with not only, um, with the ball at his feet, but 
on dead balls when he kind of lumbers his big ass into the attack. So perhaps we can maybe equalize that by, by drawing him out of his comfort zone, you know, shading the back line and making him be more mobile with having to track runners. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe that's part of a game plan. Albert, I don't know. Something would work. Alberto's so tired now. <laughs> yeah. I'm running so much. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of mass to move around and he's yeah. not a, uh, and I, when I say mass, he's not fat. He's just fucking huge. Big dude. So, yeah, he's a big dude. So, um, you know, it, it takes a lot to get from brain to feet. So who knows? Anyways, uh, the last one is Brooks Rice, uh, former uh, Alabama Mr. Soccer, uh, currently plays collegiately at UNC Greensboro. Just happens uh, to be in Duluth for the summer, huh, John? Yep, just happens to be back. So he was on the squad last year. Uh, he, he causes fits on both the right and left flank. Uh, he can score goals when he cuts in, uh, you know, off of his favorite foot on the right side or with his left foot. Um, so the Crows defense is going to have to probably keep a pretty keen eye on him because he can create chances in many different formats. So either he and he can play either side too. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you put AO out there to counter him while well, he'll just move over to whoever's got it right back for the day. Well, then you have, you know, Ronaldo for- Fortune on on a side or Carlisle plays on a side as well. So or he can play up the middle. So I mean, yep. they have they have tons of options they could throw at us. This to me, Nate, is a game of less about trying to figure out who matches up with who mm-hmm. and and who I'll get into the keys of the game. Yeah, sure. I will get ahead of myself here. So it's safe to say if you can rattle these guys off, John, like this, uh, they've been well scouted by yourself and the team. And it's part uh, of my job, co- Nate. The coaches especially <laughs> will have will have a full. I mean, this is the thing. This is this is part of the biggest rivalry in the in the conferences, partly because these two coaching staffs actually have their shit together. Um, you know that this guy's going to have our team well well scouted. We're going to have their team well scouted. You think so, right? <laughs> try to have answers for each. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, scouting didn't necessarily work out for them in the four to two loss last year. Fair, um, fair enough. So, uh, but I mean, we have we have the resources available for us to to send people to games yep. and to um, to do that. But I mean, they'll they'll be prepared. So but I don't me- want. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to slight them. That they'll be prepared. Yeah, I'm sure they will. That's what I'm saying. Uh, this is gonna for me come down to how we handle their big men in the back. I think Goonie Bental is not. Uh, he's not small, and you know he'll be back there. It sounds like this Alberto Diaz, Diaz guy uh, is a mountain. <laughs> so if our forwards want to be successful, it's gonna have to be by capitalizing on those great through balls and the runs that we've been making, but unable to convert so far in the season. I think we need to start converting the goals that we, that we should be scoring. Absolutely. What are your keys to the game, John? Patented keys to the game. I have three of them. (laughs) Weird, right? I know that happens. Uh, Play a complete game. So this team is our biggest rival, as you noted in our conference and is the other team. I think that garners notice of anyone outside of Minnesota. And for good reasons, they, they caught lightning in a bottle last year in the postseason, And, and for that, the praises is, is deserved. They, they, they won some big games in the playoffs and, and they, uh, they won our region, mm-hmm. but we'll need to be plugged in on both ends. And, and I think when, when subs come on, um, more importantly than other games, you know, it was other games is more like getting guys minutes, but now it's, 
when a sub comes on, what do they learn uh, watching a first half or, or, you know, if, you know, God forbid there's an injury, what did they learn during that time period on the bench and how can they apply what they learned to contribute right away versus just coming on to, to smell a guy who's tired. Yeah. It's going to be, the subs are going to be more, um, pointedly used, right? When we, right. Were, when we were together in Aurora, Illinois, the game plan was ready from the start. Like you will, you're on the bench. Look, look to get brought in between this minute and that minute in order it, to under, uh, under this scenario, yep, in order yeah, to change yep. the game in or, by doing this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yep, exactly. So number two, use the local angle. By now, the players on this team, Minneapolis City, have played together for, in some instances, four years together. At Uh, least. But they've all known each other since youth soccer, um, all the way through college, and onto our team. Mm -hmm. So so when you bring in an army of sellswords like Duluth has, uh, we have to draw on our ability to know where our own players will be almost telepathically and capitalize on that where they may still have a few of the errant passes or misassignments or an incorrect run here or there things that they'll eventually clean up and figure out towards the end of the year. But right now it's still early in the season. Uh, We have got to use the knowledge of knowing each other to eliminate the, the minor mistakes on our end, but also capitalize because we know where guys are going to be when we have the ball and, and punish Duluth for that. Yeah. And finally points. Yeah. Get, just get them. I don't care what they are. Just get points. If we can walk away with three, perfect, but we cannot drop any points. You know, we, we can't drop all three points. We, we need to at least get one point out of this. And, and due to the loss of VSLT, we've talked about before, mm-hmm. this is that it was loss of one less quality side that could take the top half and maybe nick points off of them. So we're going to need to do it ourselves this year because outside of Med City, we already saw it with Duluth. They're not going to do us any favors. Or with um with Med City, I mean, they're not, right. uh, sorry with uh, Twin Stars, they're they're not going to do it for us, or so have to do it ourselves this year. Um, they'll be coming off of a very big test versus undefeated Med City on Wednesday, and we have our own difficult test with Twin Stars. But if if one of those two sides drops three points, or you know maybe they split a pair, uh, and we can take all three from Duluth, we'll be setting the table for them having to claw back up the ladder where we sit on top of, and that's where we want to be. And of course, this is all said with the assumption that we take care of business on on Wednesday versus Twin Stars. Yeah. So I have two rhetorical questions, two amusings on this upcoming game, John, that you don't have to answer. Uh, but the maybe first, I will. Maybe, maybe I'll surprise maybe you. Will. Maybe you'll chime in. I yeah. think uh, knowing you and the, the way you hold your cards close to your vest, I don't think you will. But what what I want to say about this is this will be the first game of the season, I think, where you will where we're going to actually get a a glimpse of or we're going to get to see purposeful like we said purposeful subs but the, a purposeful start right like we the coaches may not have 100% considered the first three games a a tryout or a trial or a um you know just testing some stuff out right a tune up if you will this mm-hmm. is the game where they're going to be like these are the dudes that we need to deliver right and these are the guys that we can count on to bring us a w and that's what we're going to see in our starting lineup. I think the subs are going to be super pointed, and I'm really interested to see who those guys are. Well, I think you're right. I mean, there's there's been the injury bug has hit us, 
um, you know, mm-hmm. to, to a certain extent. So there's some guys you haven't seen or there were some familiar faces that you didn't see uh, last week against Sioux Falls. Um, but there's also some players who who are in camp that haven't featured in any of our games yet. So yeah. I think you're right. I think it's – I'm obviously not going to tell you. <laughs> right. um, but but with that said, you know, there there's reasons why a guy like Will Kidd doesn't play for 45 minutes against Sioux Falls. Yep. You know, there, there. You just, you have to, you have to be smart, especially when I noted, like we don't have other teams at our luxury taking points off of Duluth this year, um, outside of maybe Med City and maybe another. So we have to get six points from them because someone else isn't going to take a three away from. Them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think you're right. And secondarily, I think speaking of guys like Will Kidd and, and, and the like, only playing 45 minutes. Do we need – does this mean – does this game against Duluth on Saturday with a Twin Stars game on Wednesday mean that we absolutely have to come out and pile on Twin Stars as fast as possible so that we can mitigate the risk of some of our better players being out for the game on Saturday? I 100% think so. I I, I think you're – you cannot be any more correct. Um <laughs> And, you know, you, you think about, um, like, I, I already know who's on the 18 because um, I talked through it with Coach Van Benscoten today. So I already know who's going to be there. I'm not going to tell you or anyone else. You can, you can, figure, you can figure that shit out on Wednesday. Um, but I um, I think you're right. If we can jump out to, like, a three-goal lead, and even if that three goals happens in, like, the early second half, yep. we'll, just, we'll just throw a scenario out there. If we can get that to that point – then you can start making some subs to rest legs for for the, the the game against Duluth. However, you still need to win the game against Twin Stars. So yeah. it's it's a, it's a very slippery slope because um, I'm, I'm not going to pick on anyone, but for instance, say you bring on a guy like Matt Murakami who has been there before. He's played against Duluth. Um, you know, he's he's featured in the MPSL. Um, you know, being a call up last year. But say you bring him on. Um, in a situation where, uh, you know, he's just a little bit unlucky against a, a player from a, a more quality team than he's faced so far this season. Right. Not to say that he can't handle it, but I'm, like I said, I'm not picking on him. I'm just using him as an example. Say he falters and then, you know, two goals come in, maybe not directly his result, but two goals happen and you're now going from a sure win to a potential draw. So you have to be careful with that, but I think that AO talked mm-hmm. about it when we when when we when you interviewed him that the depth was built for a reason for for these stretches of play and and the quality is all over the training field. I mean, you saw it not just with our U twenty three team, but the guys that uh, either have yet to feature for the MPSL team or um, who, who kind of are spot players. The quality is there, so we can kill games out, but we have to be careful. Yeah, I think that's absolutely that's absolutely true. I'm I'm so this is when the season gets really good for me and when it gets really gut-wrenching for me. I get really anxious and nervous and it's uh awesome that I'm in the booth being screaming into basically screaming into a pillow. Nobody <laughs> uh, Saturday's game will be at Edor Nelson Field as always at 7 p.m. Tickets are online uh for $8 right now and they will be $10 at the door. Let's keep filling the seats, man, and show those donkeys what a real home crowd looks like. We've had some kick-ass crowds, especially this last weekend against Sioux Falls. I mean, you have to think that we're going to have another sellout. You, you got have to. to. You have to. But another 19,400 and 
32. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, that's all for the show tonight, folks. Thanks to our sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. It's summertime, folks, even though the weather maybe hasn't caught up to us yet. Uh, but what that means is that summer ale is a plenty. This by far is my it's my favorite offering from Summit. Um, it's it's perfect for a nice warm day of watching soccer, forgetting about life for a little while, drinking a few beers. So get to your local watering hole and get some on tap today or mosey on down to your local liquor store and, and pick up a 12er and you'll be Definitely better for doing so. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the game. Look for us this summer, playing with kids in parks and community centers all around the city, and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. This season is four games in, folks. So just stop it. Stop procrastinating and grab your membership. For only $80, you'll get a season pass to uh, how many MPSL games are we in now? Um, six, six, six more. Six more uh, games at home, uh, plus all the U23 games, like we mentioned, one on Sunday, and any other game that may pop up. You also get your exclusive, beautiful membership card, two flex tickets so you can share your love of city with your friends and a membership card that gets you 10% off of the club shop and deals on summit at our official game day bar Palmer's plus there's more. You get to vote on important club matters, including uh, the membership board. Vote. Uh, that just happened. That just happened. We'll, we'll cover board. Yeah. We'll cover that next week. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so visit MPSL <laughs> MPLS city SC.com. Uh, you just completely deleted what I was reading. No, um, oh, wait, oh, there it is. Yep. Visit MPLSCitySC.com and make it happen today. Or stop by the club shop. You can do it there as well. Um, the stands have been packed to the gills so far this season. So come on out and maybe make Get some new the friends. Fun, man. What's your problem? I know. Stop it. <laughs> going to roll up a newspaper and hit you over the nose with it if you don't buy a membership. Um, send us mail. Bryn, I got your email. We will read your your uh, your question in an upcoming episode. Just too much to talk about, so it's easy. Hit us up on Twitter, like like uh, like most people do, at the People's Pitch, or through email, like Bryn really only does, um, and maybe Jake Mercer from from Ohio. Is he from Ohio? From Toledo. Yeah. yeah, from Toledo. Uh, all questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can complain to the club at MPLS City SC. That's all for this week, folks. I'm John, and that is Nate. Let's make our way up to Maple Grove or not Osseo. It's not a drill. We are not playing at Osseo on Wednesday. And cheer the boys on, and then see if we can't break our attendance record on Saturday where we hopefully are securing a week full of six points. And then on Sunday, head up to Northwestern and see the Rookery play against a a quality USL2 side in the Green Bay Voyagers. And you got hoofed.